listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Along with Giselle, Joel, and Kyrie, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. So, how was your weekend? Did you guys enjoy the NFL draft? Well, based on the numbers that came in, everybody... Everybody enjoyed the NFL draft this weekend. And I got to tell you, I'm going to be honest. This was refreshing for me not to watch Roger Goodell get bowled over by player after player after player. Now, I understand that they may be upset that they didn't have a chance to, you know, hug and shake hands with the commissioner. I mean, that's a big deal. That's the the, the king of the sport. And so as a college athlete to meet the king of the sport, a pro sport. Okay, I understand the the excitement, the exuberance. I get it. But as somebody watching, I get tired of getting this, of this man being jumped on and knocked over and bowled over time after time after time. And I have to give us the technical part of our family here at ESPN a lot of credit. They did a phenomenal job of making sure that everybody was everywhere. I mean, they had cameras in places and locations, and it was virtually seamless considering what they had to do. They did a great job. They really did. I enjoyed the NFL draft. We'll talk more about it with uh, Trevor Scales. He's our draft guy. He's our college football guy. We'll talk to him at the bottom of the hour. Yes, a special edition of Back to School with Trevor Scales. I guess this would be the graduating class. <laughs> Uh, back to school tonight and we'll check out what the Giants and Jets did we'll talk a lot about that because as you know that's what we've been doing all day here on 9870 ESPN breaking down the NFL draft especially locally which is the subject of our Twitter poll question tonight at hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM what's your biggest takeaway for the local teams from the draft is it the Giants revamped offensive line yeah, I know you guys were really surprised that there was a, that Isaiah Simmons didn't come, right? Yeah, right, sure. You guys knew. Hog Mollies. I know Carlin said we couldn't use it for the weekend, but the weekend's over, so I'm using it today. Hog Mollies. That's what the Giants did. So either is it the Giants revamped offensive line? Is it the Jets get Becton, the guy who pushes trucks <laughs> for the offensive line? Or is it Sam Darnold needs more wide receivers. What is your biggest takeaway for the local teams from the draft this weekend? So we'll talk a lot of draft, but I have to chat about Last Dance. And (laughs) all I could do, along with my wife Jeanette, is sit and smile and shake my head at Dennis Rodman. And to be amazed at his storyline of being kicked out by his mom, but finding his way to college to play ball, to be an NBA player, which is for that part, which is a phenomenal story, right? Just for him to find his way to be an NBA player, a successful NBA player, to go to school, to find his way into college. After being put out, he was talking about sleeping in people's houses and sleeping in the street and whatnot because of his, you know, behavior. And he goes on to 
play at, to win rings, to be an integral part of not one but two championship franchises in the Detroit Pistons and the Chicago Bulls. But his off the his off the court activities were fascinating, weren't they? And there's some stuff that you didn't even know that you thought you knew about Dennis Rodman, right? So that was interesting for me, watching Dennis Rodman. And the most interesting thing was watching how Phil Jackson dealt with Dennis Rodman and how, and I thought the the crew made a brilliant comparison. And we're not saying that Phil Jackson was like Dennis Rodman. No, we're not saying that. But what we are saying is that Phil Jackson was unlike NBA players, mostly when he played. He was the guy that was the philosopher. He was the guy that was riding on the subway or riding a bike to 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 camp and to games. He was the guy that was, you know, a little different from the other players in the NBA. So who better, I guess, to quote, understand, unquote, Dennis Rodman than somebody like Phil Jackson, who was a little different from the players in his era. So the fact that he was able to, A, he was able to understand, and B, considering there was no Scottie Pippen for much of the season, did they really have a choice? No, right? They really didn't. Because of the fact that Dennis Rodman, except for one or two games when he was sluggish, and went to, as you saw with Last Dance, went to Jordan's hotel room, to, in his own way, as Michael understood, apologize for his lack of output, for his lack of playing hard, for his inability to support him. And then after that, he was unbelievable. Then Scotty Pippen comes back and he's like, I need a vacation. <laughs> and he disappears. And I just kept thinking as, as I was watching that, and, and people who were beat writers and beat reporters who traveled with the team, they knew what was going on. They knew it wasn't there. They knew. They understood. But all I could think of is, boy, if Twitter was out there. <laughs> oh, can you imagine a little Snapchat with uh, Rodman in the casino with Carmen Electra in Vegas? Could you imagine it? <laughs> the videos that people would have taken. The stuff that would have happened. I mean, look at the, look at the coverage that Dennis Rodman got when he came, when he showed up to a book signing in the wedding dress. So think of it then and compare that to now and what the coverage would have been. And through all that, that team stayed together, right? Even the frustration of Michael Jordan understanding that this was Phil Jackson's last year and he was going to leave. And Michael drew a line in the sand and said, well, if Phil goes, I go. No Scottie Pippen for half the season. For a good part of the season. Uh, and they still find a way to be successful and they find a way to win, even though they're not obviously the 72 and 10 Bulls, but they are still a Bulls team that's very, very good. And you couldn't bet against them. And they still had something to play for because like a lot of good coaches, Phil Jackson put something up there for them. He gave them a goal. And the goal was, hey, this is the last dance, so, you know, this is this is the way it's going to be. We've got to show them that we can win this. This is it. They're breaking this team up. 
So it was, it was just fascinating. It was. And of course, why didn't you shake my hand? <laughs> oh, it's become an interesting scenario. It's become something that was talked about a lot at that time. It was uh, not to the extent that it's been spoken of today, but it was mentioned back then. There's no question about it. And you understood that that's part of the reason why there was some issues between the Bulls and the Pistons. And it's part of that era of basketball, right? It's part of that era where teams didn't like each other. It's part of that era where, as I said before, to be the man, you have to beat the man. Insert Ric Flair Wu. And that was the pecking order. All right, that's the way it was. You didn't you didn't leave your team to go to another team to to pair up with another superstar. No, 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 no. You worked your your goal was to earn that spot. And Detroit had to earn the spot to beat Boston. And then Chicago had to earn the spot to beat Detroit. And that's the way it was. And that's the way basketball was. And that's how you ascended. That's how you got to, that's how you, every year you tried to get a little closer and a little closer and a little closer. And there were the Clevelands and there were the Indianas and there were the New York Knicks and there were teams in the East, the Charlottes, that were very, very good. And they were a challenge, a challenge to those guys. And so you watch that and, and you go through the whole thing about Isaiah Thomas and, and it's so fascinating because when you talk about Isaiah not being on the dream team, remember in Michael, in, in Magic Johnson's book, he pointed it out. Michael didn't want to play with Isaiah. Larry Bird didn't want to play with Isaiah. Magic didn't want to play with Isaiah, even though they were very close. I mean, there's numerous, we, we, we would see numerous highlights of them in, in the finals kissing each other on the cheek before games for good luck. All right. Magic didn't want to play with Isaiah. And Carl Malone was not a big fan of playing with Isaiah. And it was because of the brand of basketball that the Detroit Pistons played at that time. That was a large part of it. That was a large part of it. And the role that Isaiah had from what people said about making sure that he was like the little general carrying the issues out. Now, you could argue that still, all in all, you understand why Detroit didn't want to shake the hands of the Chicago Bulls. They were hated enemies. That's what, listen, you go back. I mean, Pat Riley used to tell the Knicks, if, if you knock somebody down, don't, if, if they, they fall down, don't help them up. You walk over them. You're not friends. And that was the era that was played at that time. That's the way it was. Sportsmanship. <laughs> what? Yeah, right. Move them on. Just walk past them. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Mike underscore Garrell says, Larry, let's be honest, Jets improved the biggest spot on the team. If everyone stays out of trouble and healthy, we have a good wide receiver squad. Give him some time in the pocket. The wideouts will get open. Only one year of Joe Douglas. Can't wait to see what this team looks like in two to five years. 
at NYC. Uncle Ella, for a couple of last year's picks, show improvement. Thomas and McKinney look good, but it still only results in 5-11. and 11. Does Gelderman keep his job by default one more year, short enough season, new coaching staff schedule? Uh, I think he does buy another year, my friend, because of the fact that his quarterback, it looks like he's gotten a quarterback that they can be successful with. And that's usually how your general manager is, uh, you know, graded. If you, obviously he needs to do better with his draft choices. I'm not saying that that's the only thing that's going to keep him because it didn't help Mike McCagnan, right? But that helps you a while. It buys you a little more time. Also, at Stephen M48, Larry, that decade in the NBA with Jordan, Ewing, Miller, battling every year was the last generation of real basketball that everyone moves to ready-made teams to win. It was a different time. It was a different time where we it's our squad against your squad. We'll add some folks. We'll make adjustments like the Knicks made adjustments with Charles Smith and Detroit made adjustments with Mark Aguirre. And you try to retool and, and the Bulls made an adjustment with Dennis Rodman. So you retool along the way. You make the adjustments to whom you have to face. But um, listen, ultimately, that's the way it was then. They didn't, you know, team up and say, all right, let, let's all go. They, the players did not. Listen, they couldn't even get paid. <laughs> so they they clearly didn't have the power where they could just get some folks and, and move from one team to the other. That was not in play. Mark is in Newark. Hey, Mark, you're next on 987 ESPN. Hey, Larry, what's going on? What's up, Mark? Oh, man, you already know. I've tweeted you enough. I'm yeah, you were happy. You, you, were, you were a happy man. <laughs> Larry, I'm not going to try to squeeze it all in right now because it's just it's just too much. So I'm just in on a few things. Mm-hmm. Um Number one, I remember listening to Michael Strahan talk about his battles against Jonathan Ogden. It was the most hilarious thing I heard on sports uh, interview. Mike said, Mike said, I used all my moves. He said, I would be like hiring at, 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 uh, at Ogden and, 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 and giving, you know, giving him the stink face and try to do the spin move and the shoulder bull rush and, 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 and Ogden. He said, he was just too big, man. He, I'd be getting off the ground. <laughs> and Jonathan would just be smiling. He'd be like, okay, Mike, you ready? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said, I couldn't get around this guy for nothing. I was rolling. Um, and why I mentioned that mostly is because I want to talk a little bit about Beckton. Beckton mm-hmm. is going to be dominant. <laughs> I don't care about hearing all of this other crap. Beckton it's going to be dominant in so many ways. One, the defensive end that's going to be going against them is in for a long day before the ball's even snapped on the first play because he knows it's me. And and, and Beckham's just going to plow him over like he's going to do everybody at that spot. And what that's going to do is that's going to start sucking linebackers over to that side because they'll be so afraid that, that our new version of Sean Green is going to be going 80 yards the other way, running behind him. <laughs> and then that's, of course, going to open up the players behind the linebackers after they try to cheat. So there's going to be a whole lot of that. Um, other than that, I'm, I mean, every play, we got a punter kicking it 75, 80 yards. I mean, it, 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 Joe Douglas, and I'm going to end this today. I'll get some more tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Joe Douglas, Jets fans got to understand something. Joe Douglas is about, he's about Herman Edwards. 
You don't play to be. You don't play just to play. You play to win the game. Joe Douglas is about the Super Bowl. Joe Douglas ain't about trying to make the playoffs. He ain't trying to get ten and six or a while. But Joe Douglas is playing for the Super Bowl. That's all he's ever done, and we have him. So. Korea Jet, look at his draft. Even the unrestricted free agents we got. We got this other kid, KG. He's the same size and speed and catchability as as uh, as men's. Ain't nobody mm-hmm. even talking about him. Yeah. And let alone the defense guy. He gave Greg Williams some more toys. We got this guy that he's going to turn into John Lynch. I mean, are you kidding me? This, Joe Douglas is about the Super Bowl. That's all he knows. And, and I'm, for one... Can't wait for the ride. I'll talk more about that another day, man. All right, Mark from Newark. Thanks for checking in. 1-800-919-3776. Sam's in Flatbush. Hey, Sam, what's up? Hey, what's going on, Uncle? Everything's good, Sam. What's going on, partner? I'm doing great. Never been better. Listen, I don't like what the Jets did in the draft. I love it, man. Listen, this is how I think the Jets are going to be next year. They're going to be a downhill run team for a lot of pass options. Listen, they have two good tight ends. The receiving court is good. I love Denzel Mims. Reminds me of Des Bryant. Big, strong, can go out and get that football. The best thing for a young quarterback. Remember what Sam and her and, and Chris Herndon were the first year? Remember what Sam and um, what's the other tight end they got last year? Um, from, from oh, the, the tight end. Year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it'll come um, to Griffin, me. Go ahead. Griffin. Griffin. Ryan Griffin. Oh, that, that, don't tell me that Sam has enough weapons. And plus, with um, Beckton, the offensive lineman, maybe the first year they won't be. He won't be such a good um, um, passing tenant, but down for a running tenant? you kidding me? <laughs> Just don't worry about it. Go run right behind him. He'll mow the way through. And the only thing I would have loved to see, but it wasn't realistic, because can you imagine getting Greg Williams, um, Simmons? <laughs> he would have yeah. got him. That, that would have yeah. been the thing. But I love, the nice. fact that, I, loved, I love the fact that they got a punter, because you get Greg Williams' defense playing from the 10-yard line, from the 15-yard line, now you're talking about Adams bringing it back to the house a lot. Okay, Larry, have a great night. Speak to you next week sometime. All right, Sam, you too. Thanks for checking in. You know, I tell you, this is – you can talk about a number of the issues with the Jets over the years. And we talk about quarterbacks, and we talk about no pass rushers, and we talk about a number of issues with that team. But they all pale in comparison to the fact of the fundamentals. They have not had consistent punting. They have not had consistent field goal kicking since, you know, uh, uh, Folk Hero left, Nick Folk. Uh, and, you know, listen, I'm, I'm partial, okay? You know, I'm, I'm partial to the Hall of Fame special teams coach, you know, that they used to have. So I'm partial to him. But with all due respect, they just haven't had – their special teams have been lacking. And when you look at – Teams have they have always their offense always has bad field position. I mean, it's 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 just from a special teams standpoint, it has always just been a nightmare for this Jet team. You know, and, and when they and when they get okay, when they get a, a decent return guy and a decent kicker, they lose them in free agency. So it, it was just it, it was really it's really been a frustrating thing if you're a Jets fan, but that's been. The biggest thing that you just, it just makes you shake your head, right? Is the fact that they just have not been able to do what they need to do on special teams and they desperately need a punter. Now, I, I, the one thing I will say is that 
I agree with Mel Kuyper. Instead of the quarterback, I would have tried to get another wide receiver. Just me. But obviously, they wanted the quarterback. He was he was on their list. And I think they believe that with Griffin and hopefully Chris Herndon can stay on the field with those two tight ends and the receivers they have. And we'll see. They'll probably pick up some other receivers. Maybe they'll have some undrafted free agents to come in and get some spots on the team. They feel like they'll improve. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. It's ESPN New York tonight. So the top of the hour Then we hand the baton over to Freddie Fitzsimmons on 98.7. Richard's in Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Larry, I always wanted to know, how did the feud between Isaiah and Adrian Dantley start? What was that all about? Was that just Isaiah wanted his boy from Chicago, Aguirre? Or was there really hatred between Isaiah and Adrian? Depending on who you speak with, uh, Richard, mostly it was Isaiah wanting to get his guy, Mark Aguirre. That, that was it. Team. Because Isaiah, he won a championship with Adrian, right? Yes, Didn't they win he one? Did. He did. But Adrian was not getting it done. And he, there was some talk that he was getting, you know, worn out, tired of him. And so he wanted, he thought his guy could do a better job. I don't know how much hatred there was as much as there was, you know, just lack of patience over the fact that he wasn't getting the job done. Really? I thought Adrian Danley was a, a near Hall of Famer. I, I mean, certainly as good as Aguirre, but anyway. He was, but at that time, he wasn't the same guy. I guess. Larry, you know, they talk about the Pistons being uh, bad boys and all. They were a little dirty. That's why they got their notoriety. Not oh, there's because, no question. Not because <laughs> they were, Larry, there were physical teams in the 60s. Come on. Oh, absolutely. and Willis against oh, Gus Johnson and Wes Unsell. Oh, yeah, and, uh, Larry, Larry, let me just tell you. In those days, you had guards who were physical, real. So you remember yes. Chicago with Norm Van Leer and Jerry yeah. Sloan? Was there anybody more physical than them two? Nope. I mean, you can go back. Bill Bridges, Luke Jackson, Nate Thurman, oh, yeah. Rudy LaRusso, those, Maurice Lucas. The 60. All you have to say, Richard, is the 60s in the NBA. Larry. That, That's the, all you need to the know. The Celtics <laughs> in the early, mid-70s. You remember this, this front line? Don Nelson, Dave Cowens, Paul Silas. Steve Kaberski, and Paul Silas. Yes, absolutely. I mean, come on. Kaberski was the second. He replaced Bailey Howell as the hatchet man. And Don Nelson, boy, you know, for a guy that coached finesse, that yeah. guy was the least finesse basketball You're player right. ever was. That hey, guy hey, listen, Richard, to be yeah. honest, Phil Jackson was that guy. Phil Jackson yeah, was the Jackson, best That's right. He was a clothesline. He was ready to hit you. <laughs> and you know what? Celtics, Lakers, in the early, mid-lady, middle, uh, early 80s, mid-80s, yes. and late 80s, those were physical battles. Absolutely. Dennis Johnson, Rambis, yes. Mikhail, yes. those guys were all tough guys. So That's the right. Pistons didn't do anything. They were just dirty. That's because you had Mahorn and Lambert who wanted to fight all the time, and that right. was it. But it right. really wasn't that more physical than any other basketball. And don't forget, people forget this too, when the NBA incorporated the four ABA teams, 76, 77, the NBA started getting a little bit away from finesse, from uh, tough basketball because yeah. the four ABA team, the ABA was all about finesse, three-point shots and finesse. Yeah. I don't remember the ABA having too many enforcers. You know, physical no, play wasn't that. Really. Yeah, no. right? It was more... Uh, you know, shoot the ball, running and jumping, Dr. J, uh, David. Maybe Tom- da- hey, Richard, maybe Dan Issel with no teeth, with a couple of teeth. Yeah, in the right. Oh, yeah. He was a, <laughs> he was a scary looking guy. <laughs> Larry, always a pleasure. Thank All you. right, Richard. Thanks for the call. 
Trey is in Brooklyn, Texas. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Trey. We are the New York Knicks. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. We'll just like that. How's that, Trey? <laughs> that a little better for you? You guys are hilarious, man. Trey, I thought about you, you last night. I saw a highlight after highlight after highlight. I, I thought it was a Nick show. <laughs> And then we had a Kerry Kittle sighting. But other than get, that, get it was ready. like Nick's, 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 Nick's. All I'm going to tell New Yorkers, Larry, is get ready for five and six because that's what it's going to be. Um, yeah, I first, I want to say something, Larry, because it happened last week. Um, you familiar with the uh, you familiar with a block 156 in Fox Street? You familiar with that block, yes, Larry? In the block? I am. Yes. All right. Well, they lost a soldier last week out there to oh, this no. nasty virus. Uh, Fred the Godson, one of the... One of the b- best MCs to ever mm. touch the mic, man. I mean, he was he was a very talented guy, man. And um, we lost him to this hideous virus. So we're going to, you know, pray for his daughters and his wife Absolutely. tonight and really lift them up tonight, man. I, it happened on Thursday, so you know, there was no show for the draft. So I wanted to right. say that. And I also want to start doing this, Larry, nightly. I'm going to start shouting out every hospital in that city. Okay. So tonight we're going to shout out Montefiore Medical Center from the orderlies to the people that make the food in the hospital, to all of the doctors, all of the nurses, thank y'all. Thank y'all. So we're going to start with them tonight, Larry. And if you want to pick a hospital, I'll pick a hospital, whatever. We're going to bless one every night, every right. single night. That's Works what we're going to do. Okay? Sounds good. Sound good? Definitely. Yep. All right. So to get to this documentary, man, Larry, if we wanted to see this, I could have queued up my VHSs. I got Come Fly With Me. I got Michael Jordan's Playground on VHS when I was a kid, man. We did we not know this already? Yep. The yep. narrative is changing right in front of our eyes, and I, because what the hell does this have to do with ninety eight? Get to the drama. I want to know the dirt. Y'all wanted y'all dirt aired out, so why y'all got to come dragging and open up all these damn wounds? Got Isaiah Thomas on the Dagon Radio. Got him on like, ten different shows this morning mm-hmm. trying to apologize to his city for, for mm-hmm. playing hard. Y'all yeah. call it dirty. I call it playing hard. It is what it is, man. This basketball. You know what I'm saying? Ain't going to award nobody for going to the damn gym and lifting weights. That was your job, Michael. That was your job, Scotty. Do your job. You can't help it that y'all was light and the boys was heavy. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, mm-hmm. ain't no look. I'm sick of it, Larry. The narrative is changing. And New York, get ready. Because all y'all out here cheering for this documentary, man, this, this, how many more documentaries do the Bulls need? They've had 30 for 30s. Michael had one when he went about baseball. So if they really want to peel back the peel back the banana in the Band-Aid, let's put it all out there and what happened, Michael. What happened for real? They ain't going to talk about the bad boys no more. Because this weekend is going to be all we have to get past the bully Knicks. Oh, and Spike Lee. And, oh, man, get out of here. I'm tired of them playing victim, Larry. I'm getting upset because this is crap. And everybody in New York is like, oh, this is the greatest documentary ever. Shout out to Bart Scott, too, because he ain't even falling for that garbage. And shout out to Zeke Thomas, the second best point guard to ever play who should have been on that damn Olympic team. Freeze out. You know what I'm saying? Come mm-hmm. on, man. This dude might got so much power. You know what I'm saying? But we ain't talking about that, though. It's okay when he flexes his muscle, but we can't throw Scotty on the ground because it's a hard foul. I'm tight, Larry, because I'm watching that last night, and I know it's coming on Sunday night. I'm going to watch it because it's homework because I got I to gotta call you. 
but I'm tired about it. I'm sick of it, man. This is a false narrative. It's gone from the 98 Bulls. It's gone from the 98 Bulls, uh, whatever happened the last dance, to let's do a retrospective of Michael in the 90s. And, oh, and dear Lord, let's go back to Laney High School. And let's go back to, oh, man, this is ridiculous. How many more 30 for 30s? Because I'm telling you, that director is lazy. He took footage from Come Fly With Me 1991 and pasted it with pretty decent footage in 98. You're slick. Get out of here with that, man. I'm from Brooklyn. We don't play that. And if you want to keep doing that, I'm going to shoot a 30 for 30 about how dope my next was. Let's see who will watch that. Let's see how many loyal New Yorkers will watch that, Larry. You know what I'm saying? We got some loyal New Yorkers in there, man. They need to check themselves, man. But again, shout out to Bart Scott because he's keeping it funky out there. He ain't falling for no more of this Tom and Jerry with Michael Jordan. I don't care what he's drinking in that cup. Okay. Didn't you enjoy? Uh, didn't you enjoy Scotty? Didn't you enjoy uh, Dennis Rodman in the in trip in the Vegas? And that was I, I like that. Hey, hey, Carmen <laughs> Electra looks amazing. By the way. <laughs> okay, Joe, you, Joe did say- you see how his voice dropped? He he went. He, he mentioned Carmen Electra. He did the Quiet Storm voice. You hear that, Joe? Oh yeah, he just disappeared entirely. Ooh, <laughs> man, smoke show. Smoke show. <laughs> But Larry, it just it, it infuriates me because I know what's coming, and I don't think a lot of these young New Yorkers know what's about to come. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, so are they going to have John Starks on there next week apologizing to him? Is that what's going to make this dude happy? Like, is he, is he going to drag Seattle through the mud? He's going to drag Utah through the mud? Like, where is this going? Let's get to the let's get to the dirt already. That's all I'm saying. If it's about the 98 Bulls, why does that calendar thing keep flipping up on the screen and going backwards to 78? Yeah, it is interesting how they, they are going, they're trying to give you some perspective and some history about how things started. But I will say this for them, that flashback for what Dennis Rodman went through, Trey, I didn't know. I didn't know his they mom put him out. I didn't see that. You know, I didn't they, know they, that. Yeah, I've I I seen it. It, it, was mm-hmm. a, it was one of the best 30 for 30s up there with the SMU ones. But mm-hmm. Larry, that, the, oh, these, these guys are sh- Why ain't Bernard King got a 30 for 30? He should have one. Come on, man. This he is ridiculous, man. He should. How, how, but I will oh, say this. I will say this, this, Trey. I'm enjoying the last dance because other than having the draft this week, it's something I can watch, my friend. You almost think that Michael orchestrated all of this, don't you? No, yeah. I know better. That, I was there. That's <laughs> ridiculous, Larry. No. I love y'all, man. Y'all be safe, okay? All right, Trey. Thanks for checking in. Wow. Trey is furious, boy. Listen, I'm glad we didn't play that Bulls thing tonight. That Bulls intro, he either, he either, he either went wild. He would have gone wild. Well, that wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. We thank you for joining us. Special thanks to Trevor Scales, who joined us, gave us his uh, critique of uh, the draft for both the Jets and Giants. We'll join you tomorrow night following Carlin. We'll talk more about the last dance. We'll have a guest who's uh, going to share some more light about that. Special thanks also to Joel, Giselle, and Kyrie. Up next, it's Freddie Fitzsimmons here on 98.7 ESPN New York. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.